Good morning. Welcome to Lakeside again. Uh, you know that there's not a lot of people around because it's summer when I get double duty. I get announcements and I get to preach. Uh, so really glad that you're here. Uh, we're going to be continuing our series in Proverbs. Uh, we're talking about choosing uh, the right path, walking the path that, that God has called us to. Uh, today we are talking about the way of wisdom. And so last or two weeks ago, Mike talked about this metaphor of two different hotel rooms, right? Like there was wisdom and, and wisdom is inviting you to come to her hotel and it was amazing and it was super productive and it was helpful and all these good things. And then there was Folly who was inviting you into a different hotel room, which was gross and disgusting and run down. And so I think that that metaphor really connected with a lot of us, right? Like we've been in at least one of those kinds of hotels. And so that was the metaphor that he was talking about. So this is kind of a similar thing where, where as Katie was reading, it's two paths, so there's two paths that we're going to be talking about. There's one path that, that honors God, that glorifies God, that is bright and shining and wonderful and fantastic. And as you're walking that path, it's just better and better. And then there's another path that's sort of worse and worse. It's dark, you stumble, you can't really find your way. It's a problem. The last two verses are, are really an important part of that, right? So verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until full day. So it just keeps getting brighter and better. And the path of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't know what they stumble over. They don't know what they're doing and they, they just stumble. And so there's these huge contrasts between these two paths that Solomon is talking about. And he's saying, you get to pick your path. You get to pick the path that you're going to walk on. You get to choose whether you're going to take a path that is sunlit and easy and just goes in the right direction, or if you're going to stagger around in the dark without having any understanding of what's going on. And you get to make that choice. So you choose the, the wise path and it'll generally move in the right direction. You choose the bad path and things are just going to keep getting worse. Now, with all Proverbs, we have to remind ourselves that this is not a promise, right? This is generally the truth. So as we go through today, there's going to be a lot of options where you're going to say, that might lead to some short-term difficulty, right? Like that might be hard right now. But what, what Solomon is saying is, is as we observe life, what we see is that people that consistently make good choices generally have better outcomes than people that consistently choose to do stupid things, right? Like that's, that's a fairly obvious thing, right? Like play stupid games, win stupid prizes. We know this. And so the question is, is, is what's the right path? Like which direction are we going to go down? So sometimes you can avoid a problem today, right now by being dumb, right? Like we know that too. We're like, if I just don't deal with this problem, today will be easier. I can just not deal with it. The problem is, is that if you do that long enough, that problem just keeps festering and growing and growing and growing. And long-term, it's gonna be so much worse, right? And sometimes it's very difficult to do the right thing. And you say, I don't wanna do this, but I know that if I do the right thing, it'll put me on a path that's positive. An easy one to understand this with is eating, right? Like you're driving home, you're hungry. What can you do? You can stop at McDonald's and get three days worth of calories for $7, right? And just shove that down your throat and be so happy in that moment. It's super easy, right? Or you can go home and cook the chicken and the salad that's already in the fridge, right? And it's gonna be a little bit harder, but you know what? If you choose that chicken and that salad at home consistently over time, what's gonna happen? You're gonna be healthier. You're gonna have more money because it's cheaper to eat that way. Like there's all these positives that come out of that over the course of five years, but it's also really easy to just grab that sack of fries and that burger on the way home. You know that that's not the best choice long-term. Now, 
we all make good choices and bad choices, right? But it's, it's really over the course of time, as we're walking down this path, what is the, the payoff? And it's a little bit challenging because in a lot of the, the passages that Solomon talks about the right path, he doesn't tell you what the right path is. He's just like, choose the right path, make the right decision, do the right thing. And you're like, what is that? I don't know. Like, you've got to know sort of the content of other things that Solomon is saying to really be able to land on what that is. So the question becomes, how do we choose the right path? So we're going to start down the right path. That's where we're going to kick off, starting on the way. So for the ancient Hebrew mind, the people that were initially reading these Proverbs, there would have been a strong connection between following the law that Moses had given them and, or that God had given them through Moses, and the right way. So turn with me really quickly to Leviticus chapter 18 and you'll understand a little bit uh, what this is saying. So walking with God is the path and it's also the goal, which is kind of a weird thing for us to connect to. It's not just one or the other. It's, it's the way that you get to the right place, but it's also where you want to be. You want to be in that relationship with God. So Leviticus chapter 18, uh, and the Lord spoke to Moses. So this is a part of, of, of God giving Moses the law, right? That's Leviticus is a lot of law. So the Lord spoke to Moses, starting in verse one, saying, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived. You shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. So when we look at that paragraph, we see a lot of path type language, right? He says, don't follow the way that the people around you live. Don't follow that. Follow the rules that I'm offering you. You need to walk in that way. So there's walk, there's follow. These are, these are the kinds of pathway languages that are just sort of automatically connected to the law that Moses is giving. So Moses is saying, I'm giving you a bunch of rules, but they need to be your lifestyle. It's, it's not just the rules that Moses is offering, offering them. He says, it's a relationship with God. It needs to be the way that you live your life. It's, it's your whole life. It's not just this list of rules. And so we actually saw something also last week when we started off in Proverbs. We were in Proverbs chapter three, right? And so Solomon understands this idea of it's your whole life. It's the way that you live your life. In Proverbs three, starting in verse five, he says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your fresh flesh and refreshment to your bones. And so we talked last week about the fear of the Lord and what that meant and how that's supposed to be us turning our whole lives over to God and, and allowing our whole lives to revolve around him. Uh, but verse six is really helpful for us this week. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's not a great translation. A better translation is in the NLT. It says, he will show you the paths to take. So as we honor God, as we seek God's will, first and foremost in our lives, he will help us walk the path that he needs us to walk, that he calls us to walk, that's, that's in obedience to him. And so that starts with trusting God. That starts with leaning not on what we think, but at what on God has said for us. 
And that's, that's kind of the first decision that we have to make is, am I going to put God first in my life? Am I going to make him the priority? Or am I going to lean on what I think, what I want, how I feel in a moment? And when Solomon tells us about this path, he doesn't just say, it's easier. Like, that's kind of the one that we read, that this will be easier, right? And so we read that and we're like, okay, but is living the right way really easier? It's bigger than that. Um, if you look at Proverbs 12, 28, he says, in the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. And then in, in Proverbs 14, 12, he says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So this isn't just easy path versus hard path, bright path versus dark path. This is life and death. And so as we walk with God, as we're obedient to him, we walk in the light of the God that created life. And so our life takes on new meaning and we understand more fully what that is. It, it makes more sense to us, but also we have a, a type of life and a, and a type of existence that's different from what other people have. We would refer to that as being alive spiritually. And we get that a lot in the New Testament, right? Like spiritual life, that, that makes sense to us. And so when Solomon is talking, he's saying, if you follow God, if you put God first, then you're gonna have spiritual life. If you choose something else, it's gonna lead to death. And not just spiritual death, but actual death, because death is separation. And ultimately, if we choose to reject God, we're choosing to be separated from him. And the ultimate separation is dying alone in your sins. And so when Solomon's talking about this, he's saying you've got this path, you've got to choose that has eternal consequences that lead to life or that lead to death. So you need to be aware that this is not just an easy versus a hard thing. This is also a, a, a choice with eternal consequences. And Jesus kind of continues this idea when he talks about it, right? Like we, we might be familiar with the verse when Jesus says, I am the way, path language, right? The truth and the life. And so Jesus connects himself with this path of wisdom, He's saying, I am actually the way that you have a relationship with God. I am a way that you access God. I am the source of life. And so when Jesus says that, we're like, oh, he's actually talking about all these other things that Solomon and Moses also talked about, this path. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul even talks about how Jesus is actually the source, not just the source of wisdom, but he is wisdom. 1 Corinthians uh, 1, verses 21 through 24 say this. For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And so when we look at Jesus, when we look at Christ's death on the cross, we see not just you know, the fact that, that God came to earth and lived a perfect life and died, but we also see the wisest option that God offered. And it seems really foolish outside of Christianity to worship a God that died, right? We, we, people that are not Christians that are outside of our faith, they look at Jesus and they're like, that seems dumb. That doesn't make any sense. The guy you worship died. And yet, when we step into that, we realize that that death wasn't just this abstract thing that happened to Jesus, that he chose that in order to take the punishment for our sin so that we could have eternal life. Like we had chosen death. We had chosen the path that led to death. We chose the dumb thing. And we all know that. <laughs> and Jesus came and said, I'm gonna die so that you don't have to end up in where your path leads you and I can move you to this other path that offers you life eternal, that offers you wisdom, that offers you a relationship with God, that offers you all the benefits that could ever come from worshiping a good God. 
And so Christ's death on the cross is sort of the epitome of not just this choice, but also the epitome of wisdom, right? Like this is the ultimately wise thing that God offers us the choice to walk away from our death, even though it doesn't make sense to us sometimes, and, and to have a relationship with Jesus and, and to walk in that. And so that's the starting point for our faith. And if, you, if Christianity doesn't make sense to you, it's probably that thing that's the, the barrier, that Jesus died to give us life, that God came to earth out of love in order to offer us a relationship with him. That's the thing that we wrestle with that, that sort of begins it. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and, and change your heart to give you that path, I would invite you to do that today. Talk to me afterwards. Talk, Steve, I know is in the front row. There's, there's a couple of elders that are around. We would love to talk to you about what that means. But like I said, that's the starting point of the path. So if you've come to faith, then you're like, okay, I made that first choice. There are a lot of other times when we have the option to make good choices and bad choices. And so we're gonna have to talk about some of those. My first application question is this though. How do I make my relationship with Jesus more of a priority as I make my decisions? So if a relationship with Jesus is truly the path of life, the path that, that shines brightly, if that's truly what it is, then that relationship needs to be informing every decision that I make. It has to be the starting point for everything. Now, it probably doesn't matter what t-shirt you wear in the morning. That's not what I'm talking about. But as far as anything bigger than that, right? Like, where am I going to go to work? Who am I going to spend time with? Where am I going to go to school? Everything else, you have to bring in the fact that Jesus is the source of all wisdom and say, what does Jesus want me to do? And recognize that sometimes that feels dumb. There's a way that seems wise and leads to death. And so being obedient to Jesus, to, to look to him and say, I don't know what the right path is, you've got to lead me, has to be the first step in, in all of this. Do I, do I pray that the Holy Spirit is going to guide me? Or do I just grab that as a, as a last resort when I've already screwed things up? Right? Do I start off my, my decision making and my, my life choices, do I start those off with what best glorifies God, what best builds up other believers, what's the thing that God's calling me to do, or do I think what's the thing that I want and then how can I justify that before God even though he, I didn't really ask him. So I'm going to talk about a couple of things that I'm going to call guideposts. These are four things that they they connect with the character of God. They, they are connected to who God is, and so they are the right ways to make decisions or the right things to do in, in a general case. It's not that they're like absolute, like this is what you always have to do, because a lot of us have different choices that we're, we're faced with based on our life you know, station, how old we are, how, where we work, all these different kinds of things. But these are things that are gonna be helpful as we move forward in making good decisions. So the first guidepost, and this will be from Proverbs chapter four, the first guidepost is this, just think about it. Proverbs chapter four, verses 26 through 27, it says, ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or the left, turn your foot away from evil. So like I said, the, the right choice in a given situation is gonna vary depending on who you are and what your situation is in life. I can't, I can't give you what the right choice is, the next right choice for you. I don't know that, right? Like there's as many next right choices as there are people in this room. But it seems really obvious and yet it's not, we don't do it, is that we need to think through what the choice is, what the right choice is. A lot of times we make our decisions based on momentum. 
well, I've always done it this way, and so that's how I'm going to do it. Or this is what the people around me are doing, or this is the general direction that I'm going, and so I'm just going to keep moving in that direction without thinking through, does this honor God? Is this good for me? Is this good for the people around me? We just make the same decision that we've always made. And I think that we realize this in COVID, right? Like there was a catastrophe, there was a global pandemic, and all of a sudden a lot of us were like, maybe I don't want to drive 90 minutes to work every day. Like, I never thought about that. I just kept driving there and it was what it was, you know? And now, like, I've been sitting at home in my sweatpants for a month and maybe I want to keep doing that. And then we have to make that honest decision. Do I want to drive? Do I want to stay home? And so a lot of people are sort of reevaluating. We saw a bunch of people that moved, right? Like, everybody moved during the pandemic and they were like, I don't like living in my house. I didn't realize it, but I don't. And so I'm going to move. I'm going to live somewhere else. A lot of people change jobs. They're like, this doesn't work with the way that I want to live my lives. We don't need to make those decisions only when there's a catastrophe. We need to always be thinking about that. What's the best way that I can live my life? How can I most glorify God? How can I best support my family? Like critically thinking through what the choices are that I have in front of me that aren't just the same momentum that I've always had. Do we think through decisions or do we just kind of randomly make them in a hurry? We have to ask ourselves all the time these kinds of things. Do I need to make a change? What's the next thing that I need to change in my life to follow Jesus more closely? Maybe I need to say 50% less social media. Maybe I need to say an hour of reading or at least an hour of podcasts that glorify God versus ones that are just stupid, right? Maybe I need to go to bed on time. Because if I go to bed on time, then I can get up on time and spend some time in prayer. That would, that's always a great decision, right? And so we don't think through like, okay, if I'm going to go to bed on time, that means I have to put the kids to bed at this time and I've got to get dinner. Like those things impact the way that we live our lives. And sometimes we just slide through those decisions without making them with intent. We just make them based on our momentum. Maybe I need to get rid of some stuff that is in my life that's not sinful. It's just a thing that distracts me from what's right. Maybe I need to be intentional about having a meal with someone that I love and just say, you know what? We're going to spend some time together because I love you and we love Jesus and we need to reconnect. Maybe I need to shut my laptop after 40 hours of work and spend some time with some people. Again, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what station in light you're at. But, but what I do know is so many times we make decisions based on the pressure from people around us and the direction that we're already moving rather than being thoughtful and intentional about what those decisions should be. And the next thought sort of flows from this. It's not just thinking about it, but it's also following good advice. It's, it's following the advice of wise people that are around you. Uh, there's two Proverbs that I want to touch for this. Proverbs 11:14 says this, where there's no guidance a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15.22 says this, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. None of us are so brilliant that all of our ideas are correct. <laughs> None of us are so smart that we can just figure this whole thing out on our own. Uh, and And in today's day and age, a lot of times the place that we go for advice, again, is social media, right? Like, what is this Instagram person doing? What is this podcast saying? And I'm just going to live my life with that. And, and we don't think about the fact that those are people that, even if they're smart, they're wise, they've made good decisions, that's not a person that knows me, right? So build relationships with people that have some wisdom in their life 
and talk to them <laughs> and have those conversations. I can't tell you how many times good advice that has been life-changing for me has come from, not from me like, oh, I need to sit down and pick your brain, but just having a conversation with someone that's wiser than I am, right? Like you're having dinner at your folks' house and you're like, huh, dad was mentioning this and that actually connects to another problem that I had that I didn't really think about but that's an answer and I can do that not because I sat down and you know, was critical and, and thought this through, but because I was around wise people and I can listen to their advice. That's so often. Now, obviously sometimes there's like, pick up the phone and be like, hey man, I got a problem and I think you might be able to help me. Can I talk to you for 10 minutes? Like we've all had that as well. So that's also important, but it's really surrounding yourself with wise people and having a relationship with them and, and sort of gleaning some of that wisdom. Talk to people that are older than you that love Jesus and have loved Jesus for a long time. It's really, really helpful. A while back, I had somebody compare this to a bullpen in baseball. So if you're a baseball fan, right? Like there's the starting pitcher. And then once the starting pitcher wears out, you've got some other guys that have to go up there and throw some pitches. And a lot of times the bullpen is a bunch of people that have specialties, right? So you get a lefty up there and he's gonna face three batters and that's it and he's done, right? You get a guy that's got some really specific skills or he's got some really specific batters that you know he's good against. You're like, we're just going to pull him out for this one or two pitches or maybe an inning and then we're done. You've got a closer that's never going to do more than one inning. And so you've got these people that are situational experts. Get a couple people that are situational experts in your life, right? Like people that, that actually love Jesus that are really good with their money. And then you just be like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, you like it, it can be in relationship. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to pay you to tell me this stuff. It can be, I just need to talk to you and, and I know that you're good with this, right? Somebody, you look at somebody that's raised their kids extremely well. They've got adult kids that you're like, I admire their kids. What did they do right? Pick their brain, figure out what they did, how, what worked for them, right? Same with marriage. You look at a couple that's been married for 50 years and they really, really deeply love each other. Hey man, I, that's awesome. Let's figure out what they did right and let's copy that because that's, that works, I know that works. Listening to godly advice really helps us stay on that path of wisdom. We can talk to people, we can hear what other people that have walked with God for a long time have done, how they've changed their lives, how, how they can offer us advice to, to walk the way that we need to as well. A third guidepost is this, live with integrity. Proverbs 10.9 says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Proverbs 28, six says, better is a poor man who walks in integrity than a rich man who is cloaked in his ways. Be honest. <laughs> I shouldn't have to say that, but it's way less easy than we think it is. Like there's always sort of challenges along the way with that. There's always this opportunity to not be quite as honest and to maybe get a little more. Maybe that's financially, maybe that's a, a promotion, maybe that's, you know, somebody likes you more, whatever it is, there's always those options for me to just lie a little bit and get a little bit further ahead. And, and what Solomon is saying is you can do that, but there's gonna come a point where that's gonna have a negative consequence that's way worse than the positive. Right, like maybe you do get that little bit of extra respect, that person likes you a little bit more until they find out that you lied and then they don't like it at all. Right, like then it's a, a relational problem. You've made that decision and, and now that relationship is broken. And, and this is one of the ones where I think it's really easy for us to just kind of drift off course, where it's easy to be a little bit dishonest, to lack a little bit of integrity and just feel like it's probably not that big of a deal. And yet what happens? That puts us on a path to death. 
And that's maybe a little bit extreme, but we know that we've seen the damage in people's lives when they start to live without that integrity. Like people that have, you know, even in churches, you see pastors that are like skimming some money off the side, right? Well, it's probably not a big deal the first couple times. It's not a huge deal. But because they've made that decision, they're not going to be, be people of integrity. They're going to be a little bit dishonest. All of a sudden, that just blows up. And what? A whole church is destroyed by it because they chose to not live in integrity. And so in our lives, it's, it's again, it's really easy to say, I'm going to take a little bit. I'm going to manage it. It won't be a big deal until all of a sudden we've got this whole thing in our lives where we're like, I'm, I'm lying to the people that I love the most about everything. Why am I doing this? Why am I living this way? We've got to make that decision early to say, I'm just going to be honest, regardless of whether or not it hurts, because this is one that hurts in the short term, right? Like you do something dumb, it's really easy to just cover it up and move on. You don't let anybody know. It's harder to be honest, but if you continue to live those lies out, they have really, really negative consequences. The fourth guidepost is this, don't swerve. Proverbs 4, again, verses 26 and 27, we, we already covered this, but it says, ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So once you've thought about it, once you've said, okay, what's the best choice? I need to think this through. I'm gonna talk to some people that, that are wise, that are gonna give me some advice. I'm, I'm gonna make sure that this is a way that is, in, has integrity. I'm gonna speak the truth. I'm gonna live the truth with, with making this decision. Okay, just stick with that. Don't wander off. Don't be dumb and, and you know, chase something else. Like Just stick with the wise decision that you've thought about that has integrity that people have advised you on. Just, just stick with that. It's, it's really easy to kind of always hop to the next thing and grab the next fun thing or the next big thing. Just be like, oh, this is going to be the thing that, that changes it. It's going to make my life better. It's easy to do that, especially in this day and age that we live in. But ultimately, that doesn't pay off. We need to stick with, with the right decisions that we've made. So about 10 years ago, I was working at Superfair. If you've been here for more than like three weeks, you know I, it was a job that I hated for a decade. Okay. So I'm halfway through this 10 years at this company that I hate, and obviously I'm looking for work. I don't want to be here. And so I had a recruiter call me, right? Which is always good for your confidence. You're like, oh yeah, they want me to work for them. And so he, he talked to me, you know, like, hey, there's this opportunity. It's a little bit more money, you know, and so we started talking about it. And then after we'd been through about 90% of the process, he lets me know, oh yeah, and hey, it's afternoons and it's six days a week. So there's nothing wrong with afternoons and there's nothing wrong with six days a week. But I knew that one of the reasons that God had me at Superfair was because it was 40 hours a week in days. Because I had a lot of ministry stuff going on in the evenings, on the weekends, and I knew that that's what God had me. That's where he wanted me to be. And so like I'm running two or three Bible studies a week and I've got stuff on Saturdays where I'm supporting other ministries. And it's like, if I make this jump, all that stuff just goes out the window. I'm like, I know that it would be really easy to make a couple more bucks and have this company where I could probably go further. But I also know that that's not what God wants for me right now. I know that that's not the right decision. And so I had to turn it down. And it's really hard to talk to a recruiter and be like, I know that we've been talking for a month and you're offering more money and you know that you're offering me more money. But the answer is no, because Jesus told me so. <laughs> like, it's just really awkward on that phone conversation. But at the same time, I, I knew that that was the right decision. Like, God had called me to, to be in ministry for that period in that way. And so the answer had to be no. And again, it's, this is the path that I know that God has me on. I can stick with that or I can jump off and do something else. And it's never a good decision to walk away from the path that God has called you to. 
So back to, to Proverbs chapter four, uh, the beginning of it, or that Katie read earlier. He, he talks through a lot of these things just in the general term of the path. You know, he says in verse 10, it says, hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. So he's saying, he's connecting again, life with the idea of living the way that you're supposed to. I've taught you the way of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of righteousness. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. If you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her for she is your life. Verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. And so Solomon is saying, listen, if you pay attention to the wisdom that I've given you, if you pay attention to the things that I've told you, it's going to be better for you. And not again, maybe in immediately, not today, but long-term, it's gonna pay off. If we stick with those paths, if we keep walking the way that God has called us to do, it's going to improve. Again, you live longer not being stupid. We know this. Like, that's like a basic thing. Like, I know that, and yet, there's some times when I'm like, I want to make the stupid choice. And that's just the thing that I want to do, even though I know that it's wrong, even though it's not a good decision. But when we see our lives clearly, when we look through the eyes of Jesus and we really understand the direction that we're going and the path that we're on, then it makes more sense. We're like, oh, following you is better because I don't make those stupid decisions. I don't get stuck in the weeds. I don't get trapped by my own lies. I don't get messed up in those ways. And so as we walk in righteousness, it gets better and better. And then four through 17, it says, don't enter the path of the wicked, right? It's a distinct choice. Don't walk in the way of evil. Avoid it, do not go on to it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they cannot sleep unless they've done wrong. They're robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. And then verse 19, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't know where they stumble. It's interesting because verse 16 is, I think, one that really caught my eye. They can't sleep unless they've done wrong. Now, I'm a pretty deep sleeper. I occasionally can't sleep, but usually it's because I've got something on my brain that's a problem, right? Like it's a stressor, there's a relationship issue. There's something in my life where I'm like, I'm thinking about that and that's the thing that keeps me up. People that choose evil <laughs> have the opposite problem. Like, do you see that? They're like, no, they can't sleep unless they've done wrong. They've gotta get, take advantage of someone. They've gotta lie to someone. They've gotta rip someone off. They've gotta do something evil in order to get a good night's sleep at life. That's how twisted your mind can be if you choose the path that's wrong over and over and over again. And a lot of us aren't there necessarily, but we have those choices every day where we can make the right decision or we can say, I'm not dealing with it. I'm gonna do what I want. And when we choose to not honor and follow God, that's the path that we're picking. Again, there's lots of, it's every day. It's every day we have the opportunity to say, I'm gonna follow God, I'm gonna not follow God. And, and we can do a good job a lot of days and still make those bad choices. And so every morning we have to say, how am I gonna live my life? Am I gonna honor God with what I do or am I gonna, am I gonna choose my own thing? Some of us have a history of bad decisions. And when you've got a lot of bad decisions that have stacked up, it's really easy to say it's harder to do the good thing. If you've been walking on a path that you've been stumbling on, that you've been struggling with, and you've made bad decisions, it's very difficult that first day to say, I'm going to do the right thing. The honesty thing, right? To come out and say, 
This is the stupid sin that I've lived in and I need to talk to some people about it. I need to confess, I need to apologize, I need to address that. That's really hard. And so when you read these things, it's like, it's really easy to say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's not as easy as it looks, right? But we're not talking about today. We're talking about in five years, what's the best, best path for you to be on? And so if I make the right decision today, as hard as that's gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna talk to God about what I've done wrong. I'm gonna talk to some other people. I'm gonna get some advice. I'm gonna straighten my life out. That can be very difficult. That can be very painful. And yet, in five years, do you wanna live with the continued consequences of the dumb decision you made? Or do you wanna say, oh, you know what? That was three years ago I dealt with that. It's done. I'm past it. I'm living my life for God now. And on the flip side, if there's things that, that are hard that are right, you know what the right thing is, but you know it's gonna be difficult. You're like, no, this is not the easy path. This is the hard path. Why am I doing the hard thing? I, you know, Proverbs says it's supposed to be easier to do the right thing. Listen, if you ignore that, if you do the wrong thing, again, in five years, the consequences are gonna be way worse. If you do the right thing, the hard thing today, you've done it. You're walking the way that you ought to, and, and so you can continue on that path. As a, as a person that really enjoys trail running, it's, this is a metaphor that really hits home for me. Like I've done the, the path in the sunlight, right? Like you're out and it's a nice fall day, it's 68 degrees and you're running, you're like, this is fantastic. Now, if you don't like running, you may not love it, but like it's fun, it's relaxing, it's enjoyable and you're out there and you're working up a sweat and you're like, this is great. It's beautiful, I'm enjoying the sun, I'm enjoying the air and it's just easy. Right? I've also been on the path where you're running a trail in the middle of the night in the rain and you end up really muddy and sometimes you end up really bloody and it's hard. And you're like, okay, well, you made that choice. Yeah, I did, but it was a bad choice. <laughs> like I'm acknowledging that, right? It's hard. And so when you think about that, that difference of, of picking your way through a, a forest trail that's a mess in the middle of the night, like that is work. That is hard work and it doesn't end well hey man, give me a straight, clean road on an afternoon every day. Like, it's beautiful, right? And so we have that choice. Are we gonna follow that straight line? Are we gonna walk with God and be obedient to him? Or are we gonna make the decision? You know what? I wanna trip in the mud. I wanna end up on my face. I want some scabs. Like, that's the way that I'm choosing to live my life. We have that option. And so the question we have to ask ourselves this morning really is, is what's the path that I'm gonna choose? Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you give us the choices that you do, that we have the option to hear you, to be obedient to you, to follow you in, in the way of wisdom. I pray that we would make the right choice, that we wouldn't be turned aside and, and make decisions based on our selfishness or our, our lack of integrity or, or our own foolishness, Lord, but that we would hear wisdom from people around us, that we would think things through in light of who you are and what you've called us to do, and we would make that choice. We pray this in your name. Amen.